Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brendan and Randy Lee. Always great to see both of you. It's great for both of us to be here this <laughs> because time. Because last time, yes. only one of oh, you yeah, didn't miss here. me. Come on. We did too. Oh, I always miss. I always miss Brenda. She's yeah. here, which isn't <laughs> the one of us you like. <laughs> the one of us like. Well, I like you both, but I kind of like her more. Anyway, just kidding. So we are going to talk about um, looking for the good. Looking for good news. That's right. So, so over the weekend, I came across this video by a, a Canadian priest. I think he's he's up in Ottawa now. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty orthodox kind of priest. Priest has a YouTube following. Father Mark Goring is I'm his one name. of them. Okay, good. Right, and it was it was a really short video. And in this video, Father Goring said, "All these people who follow him on YouTube have been writing in Father Goring." There's all these bishops and cardinals. They've run amok. They're off the reservation. You got to say something. You got to call them out. And the point of this short little video was for Father Goring to say, actually, I don't. I really don't need to take my time and your time to tell people the world is whacked, right? <laughs> that the world is crazy, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that's news. Argu- arguably, it's it's not. The world seeming crazy is sort of a, a constant state of being. But But maybe it is news that the world is messed up. But it's not the good news. And Father Goring said, I was sent into the world to share the good news, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's really interesting that we hear that term good news so much that it doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh, the good news. Um, isn't that some kind of Jesus stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if you actually take time to reflect on what the good news is, why it's good, it's really pretty mind-blowing, right? So you go to Genesis chapter 1, very beginning of the Bible, verses 1 through 4, right? Just just four verses, less than two paragraphs. It's like less than 60 words. And in those 60 words, what do we learn about God? Right? Genesis 1, in the beginning, right? First thing we learn about God is he is ever present, mm-hmm. right? God is before time. He's before emptiness, You can't have a moment, a place, a situation God isn't moving over, seeking to fill, right? So the world can be empty, it can be dark, it can be void, right? But it can't be so much that way that God isn't in it. Mm -hmm. The second thing we learn, right, just four verses in, is that God speaks into the void, into the darkness, into the emptiness, into the blackness. And when he does, God is creative, he is light, and he is good, right? Most popular podcast in America right now, read the whole Bible, all 2,300 plus pages in a year, right? Yes. And God's saying, if you want to read the whole Bible in a year, that's great, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Just read the first three and a half verses, 60 words, it's all there. God's saying, no matter how void your world may feel, I'm in it. Always. Right now, I'm speaking into that void. Your world world feels dark? 
Let me be the light. Can I just give a shout yeah. out to uh, Father Brommer at the Cathedral Parish in mm-hmm. Harrisburg? Michael and I were there for Mass at 1215 yesterday, and he basically was talking about what you're saying, which mm-hmm. is that God is, we're never, ever abandoned. He's with us because we cannot wrap our finite brains around an infinite God. And so for us to try to explain that, we can't, but just know it. I mean, I left there feeling like three feet taller because he said how God loves each of us, that everything he made is good and each one of us is a part of his work. You know, I think that's such a key thing. If we just relearn that and hold that every single day in our minds, because I can't tell you in the last month how many friends have kind of contacted me and they're going through very, very difficult times, whether it's through sickness, Mm -hmm. injury, uh, death in the family, just loss of a job. And I always take a deep breath and say, Lord, what, how do you want me to respond? Their situations are different from mine right now. What will they listen to? And these are people who probably have been away from the faith. Mm -hmm. So when you say something about God, they kind of, I do come back though. It's like, God loves you. Mm Mm-hmm. And God is ever present. Right. Just go to the quiet. And, you know, that's what God moves me to say. But mm-hmm. that's all uplifting, for even for us. And it's true. I know. We get thin on that. Yes. But that should be our strength. Well, I mean, that's, and that's the, when we say good news, that's the good news, right? The whole story. The, the world seems crazy, but no, it's really not. Because God is in it, Right. And as long as he's in it, he's light, he's creative, he's good, right? When we went into exile, he didn't forsake us, right? He came with us, right? When we chose death, he took death for us so that we could have eternal life. And it all sounds really trite, right? But it's it that doesn't make it less true. We're like, oh, no, don't go there, right? You're, you're going to drop John 316 on me, <laughs> and I can get that at the football game or the baseball game, mm-hmm. you know? Philadelphia in the World Series, right? For God, so I saw, I've seen the sign, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whomsoever believed in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Got it, right? Mm-hmm. How many times do I have to listen to John 3.16? And I don't know how many times you have to listen to it, but you only have to hear it once, mm-hmm. right? The good news, Jesus is alive. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. He knows my name. He sees my face, Right? If that's true, it's all good. Yeah. Right? We we read Paul's letter to the Philippians, and Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, yeah. think upon these things. Yeah. Take your news from these things. And we hear that, and we remember Paul traveled a lot, so so Paul probably wrote that from the Holiday Inn, right? <laughs> but he wrote that from a Roman prison awaiting execution. And it's really amazing, what does Paul do while he's in prison in Rome? And we miss this in Philippians, he converts all the guards, Yeah. right? How did he manage that one? By showing the guards that their prison was more real, more desolate 
than his wife. Their own individual prisons. Exactly. Exactly. You go, well, how could that be? Like he, his has got bars, right? And, and their prison was more real, yeah. more desolate because Paul allowed Christ into his emptiness, barrenment, imprisonment. And a Christian truly is joyful. Right. And, and those people didn't let him in. Right. So they didn't have, as you said, that joy. They didn't have that good news. Right. It, it's really funny, but to get back to Father Goring, if you're listening to this station, right, um, if you're listening to the station, God has not led you to this station, right, to hear that the world is broken. Mm-hmm. He's led you to the station to remember that he is good. You know, I think... <laughs> I shouldn't speak for anybody else, but I know in my own life, why do I gravitate to the negative? I mean, I just like, oh, the news, what's this? What's, mm-hmm. It's like I've got to, like, it's it's my job mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure I know everything that's bad that's mm-hmm. going on in the mm-hmm. world. Well, I mean, you, you look at this, this, like, good news, bad, and, you know, we look at our time, we look at our news, and we say, wow, this is crazy, this is terrible. You may remember 70s, 80s, were crazy times, right? Particularly in the Middle East. Lebanon Civil War, Israel Army, had they had encircled Beirut. They were going to drive out the PLO. Crazy shelling, cities being destroyed. And there was, at the time, a Muslim orphanage in Beirut, right? And the staff had been forced to flee by all the shelling. And when they fled, they left 100 severely disabled orphans behind. Mm. Just left them behind. Wow. Right? No one wants to address, I mean, it's called a crisis. No one wants to address the crisis, which means that no one wants to try and save these children. Nobody wants to, if they could save them, nobody wants to take these children, right? Hopeless situation, right? There's this one desperate woman, and she's so desperate that nobody else will listen to her, that she contacts... Mother Teresa, uh, right? You can tell that it's desperate if you're getting yeah. some some nun in India, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The airport is closed in Beirut. You can't fly into the city. Somehow, Mother Teresa shows up the very next day, mm-hmm. right? Um, she goes to the U.S. ambassador and she says, I've prayed to Our Lady. There will be a ceasefire tomorrow. Tomorrow we will go get the children. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks she's, she's nuts. She's nuts, right? I mean, the last thing we need is a crazy nun, right, Two in the middle of nine, a war. Yeah. What You know, please, give me a break, right? Next morning at dawn, ceasefire, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to get Mother Teresa to eat. You know, she's like, no, there's no time. We got to go out. These children need us. They get to the orphanage. Now, now, admittedly, some of the children may have been rescued by staff or parents who returned, you know, to the orphanage. But when they get there, one way or another, there's only 36 of these children left alive, right? Missionaries of charity, they have a house outside the city. They take the children there. As one aid worker who was there described it, when Mother Teresa held one of these children, they flourished. Mm. It was like giving water to a wilted flower. She held these children in her arms 
and in a split second, they blossom, right? And that's what good news is. That's what happens when God speaks over darkness. You know, it sounds a lot like what you were saying before, Brenda, that um, love is what we give to people. I mean, we want to convert people. We Mm -hmm. want them to come to the Mm -hmm. faith. We want to. I mean, it's, it's, right. that's a good thing. But, and like Father Brahmer did this, his message was, you are loved. And, and Mother Teresa, single minded, mm-hmm. single purpose, mm-hmm. because God is her focus. And we all need to be more and more like that. We're going to stop and take a break real quick, but we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show with Brendan Randy, Randy Lee, and we're looking for good news. Stay tuned. with a family show with Brenda and Randy Lee. And we were talking about uh, looking for the good news. And the best news is knowing that we are loved. This is true. This is true, right? And and perfect example of this. So Brenda and I were out at St. Matt's over the weekend with our granddaughter, Ailish Rose, almost 10 months now. I love her name. Um, <laughs> and, and after Mass, I was carrying Ailish around the sanctuary and we we're checking things out. And the cantor and the organist saw Ailish and they started waving to her. And she was quite pleased, right, to know that people in the choir loft could know her and wave to her. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Ailish is not unique in that, right? We like to be known. We like to be recognized, valued by others. And, again, Eleanor, as you said before the break, The good news is that we are known and recognized and loved by God always, right? right? God's not even waving down from the choir loft, right? Right. He's down on the floor with us. God knows our face. He knows our name. God changes his plans to be with us, right? Yet we dismiss that. We want to be like, okay, who sees me here? Where's, Where's the success? Where's the importance? How do you pound into your brain every day? God cherishes you. Yeah. And you have to basically say, he's saying, I don't care what you do. I don't care how much you make. Come on. I love you. Let's just be together. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so true, right? And, and you were talking about the story of Zacchaeus, right? The tax collector thing during the Sunday's break. gospel. Sunday's gospel, right? And perfect example of that, right? And Brenda, as you were saying, we're, we're constantly looking around ourselves in the world to find that love, that validation. Recognizes us. Which, yeah, which we never find, right? And all the time, God is like, over here, over here, it's me, yeah, I love waving you, right? Waving right? frantically. And we see that in, in, Z- in Zacchaeus, right? The story of Zacchaeus, tax collector, short in stature, right? The guy who climbs up the sycamore tree. We know the story, sort of, I guess, because, it, again, it's one of those Bible stories that don't make sense. Yeah. Right? So Jesus is on his way up to Jerusalem to be crucified. And he's in a hurry. Yeah, he's just going to pass through Jericho. Exactly. He's got a lot on his mind. He gets to Jericho. Like you said, chapter 19, Jesus just intends to pass through. And as I said, he's on a tight schedule. So Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. Interesting, right? Zacchaeus has never seen Jesus before. So he just wants to see 
what Jesus looks like. So now there, there's a big crowd on, the, on either side of the road. Zacchaeus is in the back of the line. We're told that he's small in stature, right? So he can't see over the crowd. So he can't get, right, um, he can't get around everybody, but, but he gets this idea. He can run ahead, he sees a tree, he'll climb up the tree, and then he'll see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this will be a first. Zacchaeus has never seen Jesus before. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree, Jesus looks up, Zacchaeus looks down, Jesus says, Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. How? They've never met before. Right. How would he know who he is? That's exactly right. Zacchaeus has no idea what Jesus looks like. How does Jesus not only recognize Zacchaeus's face, but know Zacchaeus's name? Right. And of course you go, Randy, you're an idiot. Of course, the answer is <laughs> that Jesus is omniscient, right? He, he knows everyone's face. He knows everyone's name. Whoa. Just stop on that Mm -hmm. one, then that means Jesus recognizes my face. Jesus knows my name, right? Remember the story of Jesus calling Philip and Nathaniel, right? Yeah. And Jesus doesn't just know your face Mm -hmm. and your name. Jesus knows when you're sitting under a tree and what kind of tree. Yeah. It is, mm-hmm. right? Why would he know that? Because he is God. No. Oops. He what? He well, loves. I mean, yeah, he does because he's God. But, but that's exactly right, Elmer, because he loves you. In your entire life, God has never found you boring, Right? Every moment of your life, every tree you ever sat in under, God has found fascinating. Notice that the passage says Zacchaeus was short or small in stature. Mm-hmm. You go, why did Luke need to write in stature, right? It seems kind of redundant. But you have to remember that the world at this point thought Zacchaeus was short Of a lot of things. Yeah. Right? Zacchaeus was not a popular guy. But to Jesus, the only thing Zacchaeus was short on was height. In every other way, Jesus found his beloved sufficient, perfect, and lacking in nothing. In fact, remember Jesus' plan. You mentioned this, Elder. Remember Jesus' plan was to pass through Jericho. Jesus was in a hurry. Not stopping. No, not stopping. But Jesus sees his beloved. Yeah. And what does Jesus say? I want to dine with you. Yes. I want to stay at your home. I'm changing all my plans for you. I am changing all my plans for you. Yeah. Where's all this new time suddenly come from? You make time for the person you love. You love. Yeah. Jesus wants to linger with those he loves, right? That's why we got to take time to pray, because that's when he lingers with us, right? Right. Jesus is into intimacy beyond what we could ever imagine. Zacchaeus is like, 
if I could just see his face from a distance, Mm -hmm. how many times have we said that one? Lord, if I could just see your face from a distance Mm -hmm. and Jesus wouldn't settle for that. Jesus recognized Zacchaeus, knew him by name, wanted to dine with him, wanted to embrace him. That is one of the most attractive things about Jesus is the personal, you know, the intimacy, the I'm not going to love you from a distance. I want to love you intimately, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons I think that God gave us marriage mm-hmm. as a pre a precursor. I don't know what the right word is, but a foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And, and that you think, I mean, that's one of the reasons he gave us the gospel of Luke, right? I mean, St. Joseph Cupertino was just blown away by the intimacy of the gospel of Luke. Remember mm-hmm. Simeon in Luke chapter two, right? The presentation in the temple thing, right? Simeon was like, just let me look upon your face. Mm -hmm. And Jesus ends up being held in Simeon's arms. Mm -hmm. Right. Mother Teresa used to say that love is so all consuming. You can only love people one at a time, Mm -hmm. which is why God has to be omnipresent. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, being everywhere at once is the only way that he can love all of us at the same time, be alone with all of us at the same time. When Jesus is with you in that moment, you are the only one in the room for him. He's not looking around at who else is there. Like Brenda was saying that we're constantly looking around who's looking, right? Jesus is only looking at you, mm-hmm. right? Notice they, that's what it says in the story of Zacchaeus, they no doubt everyone, but they all got mad mm-hmm. because Jesus went to Zacchaeus's house and not theirs. Right. Right. And Zacchaeus did bad stuff. Yes. Right. And they all did better stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah it might, might have been good, but, but certainly better than Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 They had more of a right to Jesus approval than Zacchaeus did. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is so cool. Notice it wasn't Zacchaeus's work that captured Jesus's attention. It was the zeal, the love that Zacchaeus brought to the parade. He climbed a tree. He he wanted to see his beloved face. Everybody else was just like, I want to be at the parade. He's like, no, I got to see my beloved. Right. Right. Notice it's not that the works don't matter. That zeal manifests itself in works, Right. Zacchaeus is the only one, as you said, who climbs the tree, the only one who gives away half of his wealth. But it's not the acts themselves, the manifestations, right? It's it's the love, the zeal in that love that Jesus hungers for. And, you know, Zacchaeus becomes a changed man. And how? Through that encounter with Christ. Love changes. Love changes. Love is a force. Love is an energy that trains. And and to go, if Zacchaeus, funny thing about this, right? If Paul tells us in, in the letter to Corinthians, first letter to Corinthians, Paul tells us if Zacchaeus had given away all his wealth, he gave away half his wealth, mm-hmm. right? It's a if, good start. If he had, but, but think about this. Mm-hmm. If Zacchaeus had given away all his wealth and done it without love. Yeah. Paul tells us that that would have been nothing. Mother Teresa said, it's not how big or little the work is. Mm -hmm. 
It's the love that is invested in the work. And you know what? I need to take that really in because I get easily distracted and think that, I, how do I save the world? Mm-hmm. When, you know what? Guess what? My own house, my husband and I, mm-hmm. it's those moments, mm-hmm. those what we call small moments, let's mm-hmm. just say, that we can be loving. Mm-hmm. We can choose to love at all times mm-hmm. from our spouse to our children, grandchildren, mm-hmm. neighbors. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We make it so big that it's so far out right. that it doesn't make sense and it's not real. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you were talking about your grandchild, your grandson, right? You went down to see your grandson, yes. right? And you're like, oh, what a beautiful grandchild, right? I mean, that's Just where you saying. were. What a, what a, what a, right? What is, what is the most important thing in the world to that child than having someone gaze at them and, and just evoke their beauty? You know, that they can feel that, that, that this person makes me feel beautiful. That's not a little act. Yeah. And boy, doesn't time stand still? Yes. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it just, you don't, you, I don't know where you go, mm-hmm. but you, I think you're so present. Mm-hmm. One thing, and you know this, mm-hmm. you've got two beautiful right. grandchildren that mm-hmm. you're gazing into their eyes is just like, mm-hmm. like heaven. I mean, think about God created eternity because it's the only container big enough to hold love. Yes. Right. Yeah. On the other side of the veil, his love is for us is going to transcend time. So keep looking for the good folks. It's out. He's out there. He's out there. We're out of time, but we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for the family show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brenda and Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons.